you experienced? Have you ever been experienced? And we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 439, a.k.a. Year 9, Week 15, coming at you this week. As always, I am your host, Mr. Richie Rich, along with MC and KS and LF. What, what? LF. LF. All right. Everyone used those initials, and that's, that's friendly. Um, welcome, LF. Uh, I just met you, like, you know, audibly... Uh, about five minutes ago, welcome to the show. Uh, they they give me a little bit of bona fides on you, uh, script writer for the Jonathan Gullible cartoon, uh, and and they tell me you're also a libertarian, so you lose a a little bit of credibility there. Uh, <laughs> but we'll start off. I usually just throw it to the guys, right? Uh, we do the show live on Clubhouse about three o'clock Eastern time Saturday afternoon. So if you want to be a part of the show. Uh, on a regular basis, that's where to join us. Um, you click the little button, you know, to, to either add the club, which is the Anarchist Experience, or at me at Riches for Rich, R-I-C-H-E-S, the number four, R-I-C-H, and then I click the button uh, to invite you to the program. So if you're not in the club, uh, LF, uh, go ahead and get on that so you can participate more frequently. Uh, but generally, I throw it to the guys and say, what's going on? Um, but I want to know, you know, what... What brought you here today? You know, why lower the script writer for the Jonathan Gullible cartoons and libertarian, right? Like, what lowered your standards to come on this show? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, I uh, was fortunate enough to have a, a gig out in Hawaii, another gig, um, and I had sort of an open uh, invitation with uh, uh, KS to come out whenever I wanted to visit him. We'd never met in person, so we've been sort of collaborating uh, remotely on the, the screenwriting process. So I took him up maybe sooner than he had expected on that offer. And uh, so, yeah, that's what brought me to Hawaii and uh, to hang out with uh, KS in person. He is a very gracious host. I've been to his house several times. He is times. a very gracious yeah. host. Always enjoyed it. Well, yeah, welcome. He, we had a good time out here. I will say this then, if there was no specific reason, what is going on with you guys? What do you guys want to talk about? What's, what is your experience this week? What's new? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you tell me. Not, there's not a lot in the headlines, right? Like everything, everything that, has, that needed to be covered was pretty much covered last week. Like I don't think there's any pressing... Um, you know, unless you want to get back into the whole COVID nonsense, because they're floating that bullshit again, right? Like, are, are you guys yeah, headed so did, for another lockdown? Because we're not. Well, did we did we get COVID? Did we get exposed to it? I don't know. Did you? Maybe, but I don't. I I, I don't know if anyone does testing now. But there was a a, a conference that I uh, I was at last week, and one guy tested positive, and it seemed like everybody around them got a little bit down under the weather, but. I mean, it's not nobody died. It was wasn't really serious, but it was enough to make you lose energy for a day or two. I think uh, it. I, I heard a spread. It was the least bad version of COVID yet. So it's been basically reduced to the common cold. 
Yeah. Okay. Or less. Or less. Yeah. All right. I re- I remain unaffected then, right? Like, even if I were, I'm I'm un- amongst the unvaccinated, and only tested once. Like I've you know, and that was only because it was required to get on the plane so I could make the trip back to Hawaii uh, in 2020. Um, it's been a while, uh, but yeah. Aside from that, like even if I get sick, I'm like I'm not. I'm not taking a test. I'm not doing. If you want to take my temperature, go for it. But I'm not spending anything. I'm not spending any time, money, or energy on this. Right. I'm happy. There's a, there's a whole bunch of people saying that I I will resist. I'm not going to wear a mask this time. And until you have to get on a plane, then you're going to wear the mask because <laughs> you know, everybody does. Because everybody wants to ride the plane or whatever, you know. Well, and you've seen my mask, and I wore that on the plane. So for sure, you know, the sure. nine hour trip from Boston to Hawaii. Just if you haven't seen it, uh, it's a, it's a bulletproof, uh, ballistics mask (laughs) and I, I blacked out the eyes. So it's, it's a good looking mask. That sounds like it might protect you from a little bit more than, uh, just COVID. So that's that's what I try to tell people. Like if your N95 mask (laughs) is good, this is like fucking 10 times better, you know, cause it's 10 millimeters thick. Right. So it's got, you know, it's got some heft to it. Nothing's getting through it. Must have been hot though, right? Or did you have a little air conditioning unit in there too? There's there's a lot of reports that the the masks that most people wear uh, have carcinogens in them and you know plastic particles and stuff that you don't want to inhale when when you have those on. So yeah, um, that's another reason not to wear it. The, yes, and and to answer your question, KS, uh, sacrifices were made uh, in the line of protest, <laughs> right? Like, yes, it's hot, right? But I have, you know, more valuable than that is making the point uh, and illustrating the idiocy of everything involved, right? Like, I can be hot for a few hours uh, if it sends a message. And I'm, (laughs) I'm more about sending the message than I am personal comfort generally. I wonder if they'd allow a hazmat suit, you know, on the plane. I mean, give it a shot next time you're traveling, right? If they're COVID <laughs> lockdowns. I've got, a, I've got a funny story about that with regards to uh, Chinese flight attendants. I don't think this is still the case now, but up until about a year ago, you would see the um, Chinese flight attendants and workers that uh, worked for the Chinese airlines. They would actually wear hazmat suits when they got off in China for appearances. But the whole time they're in the U.S., they would just wander around with maybe a mask on at the most. So yeah. uh, I would imagine that's quite the sight to see them all gearing up yeah. for the for the COVID theater once they get to mainland China. Yeah, that's every, the word. Everything, is, everything in China is fake. <laughs> Except the communism. So they, they want to yeah. prop up the value of houses. And so they're paying people in, in gold bars to not sell their houses or... or they're including the gold bars with, with the house sales, so it, it appears as if the house sold for more than it did. It's actually worse than that. Um, the reason why they can't sell them at the lower market values is because the government has forbidden the prices to go below a certain amount. Mm. So the way that they're obfuscating hiding those lower prices is by, yes, okay, you bought the house for, let's say, $500,000, uh, you're selling it for five hundred thousand dollars, but here's a gold bar that you know offsets how much lower the price actually is. We'll give you nice. this extra money. So, so it's a rebate. Yeah. Well, I, 
I'll take the gold bar. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather have the gold bar than the house. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen the pictures of these gold bars, but there they have been uh, there have been cases where they are fraudulent gold bars, and so they yes. have been cutting into the gold bars to make sure. So there's you know there, I've seen a, a, a picture of like you know the gold bar that they give with the house with like four cuts in it to make sure that it is gold all the way through. Because <laughs> uh, as you said, MC, even the gold bars in China are are fake. Mm-hmm. So what would they fill it with? They'd have to fill it with lead to, to give the still same kind of feeling of weight to it. Yeah, yeah it was. You know, it was. Okay. It was. It was gold wrapped lead, basically. <laughs> I was. Uh, I was talking with my boss this week, and you know, the, he's the religious guy, and we've you know we've talked about like conversations with him in the past, and. This one wasn't as bad as it usually is, uh, but it started with like, you know, the, the second coming of Christ and all the news right now, like pointing in the direction of revelations and, you know, uh, the, the, the tribulations and all this and that and whatever. And I don't know how we transitioned that into like, oh, you know, it was like the one world currency type of thing. You know, I said, well, that'll never happen, right? Like, because as, as from the scriptural perspective, uh, because there's so many like uncontacted tribes, right, that don't even have the technology in place to use that sort of currency. Um, and then we started talking about like, you know, the silver and the gold um, and gold shot or excuse me, silver shot being used uh, to transact because, you know, as it as it is shot, uh, it's a lot easier to uh, fractionalize down for smaller purchases, right? Like all you do, you know, if you trust that it's silver, then all you do is weigh out the shot um, and transact that. Have way. you seen? Have you seen the paper gold that they have? Oh, it's, the gold uh, backs. Yeah, they're 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 fused in some sort of um, yeah. film, basically, and you can melt those down for fractional, tiny, small amounts of gold. It's an interesting sort of technological improvement for the issue of fractional gold for small purchases. Dude, you got to move here because there are restaurants and stores that take that in the area. Oh wow, that's awesome! Like, uh, just a couple of months ago, there was a, a goldback shop that opened up locally in Manchester, um, where you can, you know, that you can you can purchase it and or open up a deposit account with them for the, for gold and or goldbacks. So that's this pretty is pretty cool. Yeah, and um, Captain Kickass, one of the hosts of Free Talk Live, at one point in time was so close with the organization that he was slated to be like the distribution representative out on this side of the world. Um, it fell through for one reason or another. I didn't get all that details with him, um, but he was, he was in negotiating. He was in negotiations with them on being, you know, the, the, like the Eastern seaboard rep uh, because of how popular it already is out here. And New Hampshire has one, right? Like there's a New Hampshire goldback. So not only do we have the goldbacks circulating, we've got New Hampshire goldbacks in that circulation. What do- denominations have you seen of those? Uh, I, they go well, so they're 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 denominated in um, like fraction, you know, fractions fractions of an ounce, right? So or, or, or grams, I think, or whatever. I, I forget, but it's it's one five ten, uh, and then I think twenty five and fifty, like whatever you can find on their website. But they're all, you know, they're they're all. Because they all contain different amounts of gold, uh, each denomination is slightly bigger than the other. 
right? So the the fifty, you know, the one denominated in fifty, um, or fiftieth of an ounce or something, you know, hundredth of an ounce, fifty, whatever it is. I'll look it up. Um, but the you know the fifty is significantly bigger than the one. Yeah, I suppose they wouldn't even need to make the. Uh, that's if it's the same technology I'm aware of. They wouldn't even need to make the bills physically that much larger because you just you know put more gold into the filament than right. you know whatever the filament is. So it's it's a pretty, it's one of those examples of new technology and you know working with pretty much the oldest form of currency we have, which is pretty cool. Right, and again, you know, as as much as crypto gets circulated around here more so than a lot of places um you know the 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 alter, the alternative currency sphere uh is strong around here so we we got gold back circulating you know ever just about anywhere you know within the community takes cryptocurrency in some form or fashion um and then we've got like a silver smelter who does you know trades in silver and silver bars and silver rounds and he as ridiculous as this sounds um, he put out like silver dumbbells just in case you want to like work out with your silver. <laughs> and and he again has a local. He was he was just showing up to like farmers markets and and uh, you know community events and then was successful enough there that he opened up uh, a retail shop. I'd buy a silver dumbbell. Well, I you know I, I remind me to give you the website invest later. <clears throat> invest in a silver dumbbell. I had a, a silver doorstop at one time. It was uh, 100 ounce. Okay. I think, no, thought, maybe it was 1,000 ounce. Oh, it was a huge brick. 100 sounds about yeah. right, yeah. Yeah, it was a huge brick, though. It was, yeah. He, was even, he even had, um, like, silver building blocks for kids, right? And ridiculous. <laughs> I would not give a... Ridiculously <laughs> expensive. Legos. Right. But still... Oh man! Oh, rim. <laughs> I, I was hoping that whatever they were doing was like you know gonna go away. <laughs> so it's one. It's in. It's denominated in thousand. The goldbacks are denominated in thousandths of an ounce. So the 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 one denominated one is one one thousandth of an ounce, and the fifty is you know fifty one thousandths or five hundredths of an ounce or whatever it happens to be. So there's that answer. I was looking that up as well. So not that would be a cool experience to pay or be paid with that. Uh, it might be worth going just just for that. Well, yeah. Well, then come and do it. You know, that's <laughs> that's that's as easy as it is. Um, the they there's a meetup group like on Sunday nights, and the restaurant that was very prominent in taking all of these things uh, went out of business, and so I don't know if the new restaurant that they've settled on because they bounced around a couple times if they've convinced them to take it yet. Uh, but even still, right? Yeah, there, it looks there are like other stores a thousandth of a... Oh, I'm sorry, that's platinum. Uh, a thousandth of a uh, troy ounce of gold is about two bucks right now. So, I mean, okay. this will be horribly out of date in a week. It'll be <laughs> worth way less then. But, uh, yeah, so that makes sense. Thousandth seems like a good yeah. denomination. And and the uh, the unfortunate part about it, right, is you built into the price of the of the bill... Um, is like the manufacturing and printing and all that other stuff. So you can't, you can't get a gold back for two dollars for a one, you know, a, a one denomination. It's closer to four, maybe even five at one point um, mm. for that. So you you pay a premium, 
uh, but then you circulate it, right? I mean, that's that's the idea. Or leave right, it as a right, tip, right. right? You know, so the, the the value people take the value of it closer to four bucks, right? So if your if your bill is like twenty dollars, right, that's five five goldbacks or so. Yeah, I suppose I suppose when the government's not printing the money, you don't have, or when the government's printing money, you don't have to worry about how much it costs to print the money. I just got back from Canada and I had forgotten that they don't have pennies anymore. Uh, they got rid of the the penny in Canada. Because it was so devalued and how much more it costs to make than uh, what it's actually worth. Yeah. Well, they've done that here. They just haven't gotten rid of it, right? Right. Like, you know, years ago, it was four cents to print a penny or to mint a penny. I well, that's just dumb, right? Who would do that? Well, it turns out the government would do that. So that's I've that's always what suspected that the, the reason they don't get rid of it is it's almost kind of admitting... Uh, how bad it's gotten. People would notice that the penny's not around anymore. I think it's a PR stunt. It's better just to keep things as is. Um, okay. And I, my, my conspiracy theory is that's why they have all these commemorative coins now too. Okay. Uh, so that it's fun to have worthless money. It's like, oh, let's collect it because it's got a state park on it or something. Uh, don't worry about how nobody actually spends a quarter anymore. Yep. I, you know, I... I had suggested a long time ago, maybe even when I was much younger, like before I even had these ideas in my head, right? That they ought, it might've been when they, when they finally told me that the penny cost like four cents to make, right? Cause I've, I've held that information for a long time, which is why it's probably also outdated. Um, but I was like, okay, so get rid of the penny and the nickel, right? And just move the decimal point and just start using dimes, dimes and quarters, you know, yep, that would be great. It would be, and 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 again, it would save it would save the because nickels have no nickel, right? Pennies aren't copper anymore, so like, who cares? Just just stop using it. We we can run an economy on one decimal point, right? Can't we? Can we do that? Is it possible? No, can't round everything up to the tenth. They do it with gas. Why is gas the only thing that gets like three decimal points? That always bothered me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Nothing else has three decimal points. It's theoretically possible, right, across any industry, but nobody does except for gas. Yeah, and crypto. Well, but, yeah, but crypto is, crypto goes down to, you know, like the eighth decimal point or whatever as far as that denomination. Goes to whatever you want it to. Right, but it's, I guess when you're, when you're buying, when you're buying crypto, and whatever, you know, it's like... Thirty thousand and point nine 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 dollars. I don't think they even do that, right? It's just like thirty thousand and twenty six cents or whatever. The crypto itself is it can go down with more fractions, but as far as how commodities or or goods are priced, it's usually two decimal points. And you just make that one decimal point and you're done. Right? Then you can get rid of like I said, then you can get rid of the the you can get rid of the pennies and the and the nickels, and you yeah, can probably get rid of the what Canada has done. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what Canada has done. They still keep track of um, the you know to the cent on digital transactions and things in the bank. You, you know, you'll still have that, but from person to person transactions, they just they just round them. I don't yeah. know if it's up or down. I don't know which direction they go, but I, I would assume up. So, you know, like Superman three, we'll just round it up and steal the difference. That's a office space uh, 
plot point as well. They made that program to to round the decimals and then they pocket the the few cents difference or whatever. That was the plot point of Office Space too. Yes, it was stolen from Superman three, or you know, referenced. <laughs> Re- it was referenced in Superman. It was done in Superman three, then referenced in Office Space, and I think it's been memed out, you know, any number of times after that because it's it's funny. We're all just stealing from Superman three at the end of the day. <laughs> There are better. There, there's not much better source material uh, than Richard Pryor in a Superman movie. <laughs> was he in a Superman movie? He was in Superman three. He was the accountant that did all this. Oh boy, I missed that one. Yeah, or maybe it was just so old. I, I mean, this this was you know would have been like the early eighties. So I did not watch it when it first came out, but I I, I w- I'm aware. I wasn't of it. born yet. I wasn't born. Yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> Some revisionist history from uh, sure. from K over here. My birthday is the day that I wrote Jonathan Gullible, and if you believe that, buy my book. <laughs> I I still tell people, you know, like, oh, when's your birthday? And I tell them, and then I say allegedly, right? Like, I don't know. That was a rough day for me, man. I had no concept <laughs> of true. dates or times. I just take other people's word for it, and. The word, you know, the word with whom other people believe, right, is the government documentation. I will you really trust the government documentation, you know, enough to, like, you know, stake your claim behind it? I'll just continue to say allegedly. Think about that. Uh Uh-oh. All right. Headlines? Headlines. Well, yeah, I was going to get there, and then the one that KS (laughs) wanted to do didn't load as I thought it was going to. Oh, there it is. Okay. Here we go. Headlines. Uh, This is the one KS wants to do, so I'll read them all, and then we'll circle back to this one. Uh, To combat crime surge in American cities, many have turned to private alternatives. Uh, Headline, British told not to heat their homes in the evenings. Uh, Headline, uh, the hidden tax of this and that. And finally, headline, hundreds of ULEZ cameras uh, destroyed by Vigilante Group following wider London rollout. So, again, that's all I got this week. It was weak, and this combat crimes one was from last week. Uh, but, KS, you said, bring it up again. And I said, remind me. And so you did. And so I did. Uh, as politicians continue to debate the cause of the crime epi- epidemic that has seen the descent of many of the nation's most populated cities into war zone-like conditions, Increasing numbers of businesses and residents have turned to private solutions in effort to reclaim their neighborhoods. Pastor Corey Brooks, executive director of Project Hood, H-O-O-D, a Chicago-based nonprofit seeking to end violence through individual empowerment, said that after decades of hoping for solutions from public officials, residents of crime-ridden cities are no longer waiting on empty pledges of safer streets to be fulfilled. Politicians all make promises that if we vote them into office, they know how to make our communities safe. Meanwhile, it just keeps getting worse. Mr. Brooks told the Epic Times, this is a crisis. We no longer have the luxury of waiting for the government to come in and save the day. The people are beginning to understand that this is a problem the government can't solve. If we are going to end violence on our streets, it's going to come from the people, not another government program escalation for several years crimes in major american cities have remained at crisis levels the surge in thefts harassment and violent crimes experienced in cities nationwide uh, 
during much of the 2020 and 2021 has be, had been expected by many experts to be a temporary blip as the result of COVID-19 pandemic and reaction and aftermath to the death of George Floyd. However, more than a year after officials declared an end to the COVID-19 emergency and officers involved in Mr. Floyd's death were convicted and sentenced, lawlessness continues to persist at high level. In Washington, D.C., homicides are up 15% compared to a year ago, with the city on pace to surpass 200 for the third year in a row. Carjacking in the city have also seen a spike, with police reporting 140 incidents in the month of June, the highest in more than five years. Earlier this month, Washington, D.C. City Council member Trayon White, who represents the 8th Ward, held a press conference where he told reporters that federal troops would be needed to restore law and order. The crime is out of control and getting worse by the day, Mr. White said at a press conference. We must declare an emergency regarding the crime and violence in our neighborhoods and act urgently. It may be time to call on the National Guard to protect the children and innocent people that are losing their lives in this senselessness. Foreign countries have also taken notice. A July 24 tweet from Mexican consulate urged its nationals to take precautions while visiting the nation's capital due to a significant increase in crime in areas previously considered safe. In San Francisco, the problem has spiraled so far out of control that some workers are now being told to stay at home as opposed to risking the commute to work. On an August and August 2nd memo from the Department of Health and Human Services advised federal employees to avoid the office at the Nancy Pelosi Federal Building due to drug use and rising crime in the area, according to the San Francisco Chronicle. Videos posted on social media of nearby streets show coroner vans picking up dead bodies, drug needles littering the streets, and piles of human feces scattered across the public sidewalks. In Los Angeles, the site of flash mobs composed largely of youth rampaging through retail stores has become the new norm. On August 13th, a Nike store was robbed in broad daylight by a group who walked out with thousands of dollars worth of apparel. On the same day, dozens of people stormed the Nordstrom store at the Westfield Topanga Shopping Center, making off with more than $300,000 worth of items, according to the Los Angeles Police Department. Last weekend in Chicago, at least 40 people were shot, seven fatalities, including at least four teenagers, one just 14 years old. Overall, the city has experienced a 50% increase in shooting victimizations of school-aged youth, 17 years and younger since 2019, according to the University of Chicago Crime Lab. Citizen Solutions. As crime escalates and police resources dwindle, regulations have limited the options for city residents to protect themselves. For the vast majority of those living in major American cities, the ability for a resident to legally own a firearm ranges from difficult to nearly impossible. Some communities have responded to the rise in crime by pooling resources to hire their own security to patrol the streets. Over the past years, several neighborhoods in Chicago, San Francisco, and Baltimore have brought in private security amid a spike in thefts and carjackings. Uh, in Los Angeles County, a protection dogs are in high demand amongst the more affluent residents, some of whom have been willing to spend as much as $150,000 on a dog, according to the Los Angeles Times. Blame for the metro crime epidemic has broken down largely on political uh, affiliations, with many on the Democratic left attributing the spike to economic and racial inequality while many on the Republican right claiming the problem stems from cuts to funding for police departments and policies of liberal district attorneys who have curtailed cash bail 
placing criminals that would formerly be behind bars back out on the streets. However, according to Mr. Brooks, the real root cause of lawlessness isn't the result of bad public policy from either the left or the right, but more so from the breakdown in family, specifically a lack of male role models prevalent in many inner city communities. The first epidemic we have to confront is the one of fatherlessness. 80% of the black households in Chicago are single-parent households, and a lot of these young men are growing up without fathers, without male mentors. It's vitally important that other men step up and provide the role of mentors at a really early age, said Mr. Brooks. In creating a network of mentorship for at-risk youth, Mr. Brooks claims to have already seen promising results in his community. Noting that in one area where his program has been implemented, crime has decreased by nearly 50%. We are seeing violence at an alarming rates. Uh, it's calls for all people to have all hands on deck if we are going to figure out how to stop it. The solution isn't found in D.C. It's found in community and in the home. End of the article. All right. Uh, you picked this one out, KS. So your thoughts, uh, is that the real solution or is there something more going on here? There's a lot going on in there. I mean, I think probably every person that suggested a reason for it is partly right. You know, I mean, there's a lot of um, factors in there. I think I recall years ago, I don't know if it's still the case, but where they had outlawed guns in, in uh, Washington, D.C., for example, that they had the highest of crime rates in the country because it was pretty much, um, you know, expected that there would not be an ability to resist uh, crime. And that was true in New York City, I guess, too. Uh, I think it changed a lot once they allowed people to start own, own guns. I don't know if uh, about violent uh, crime. But I think there's an, a very good, strong point. Why is it that people aren't self-disciplined about, um, about theft and violence to other people? I think a lot of it has to do with the family. You know, the fact that uh, there's, um, you know, people follow the role models that they have and um, well I'd say the government has set some pretty bad examples that violence abroad and war after war after war is considered to be quite acceptable and tolerated and the solution for world problems and yet somehow the politicians expect the problem to be addressed differently at home what do you think um, LF? I think you guys are asking the wrong questions $150,000 for a dog how do I get into the dog selling business? <laughs> Uh, it's probably Beverly Hills. Into. So, number one, go to Beverly Hills, <laughs> right? Like that—that that seems like the easiest answer, right? Get 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 a paper dog, right? Get two paper dogs and start breeding them with papers, and then sell them in the rich neighborhoods. Um, yeah, I think that's what I learned most from this article. Is I'm in the wrong industry. <laughs> it's well, what, isn't it? Uh, isn't it? What I've heard about San Francisco is that. Um, there's no penalty to anyone if you walk out with $900 worth of merchandise from a store. There's no, there's no penalty anymore. Right. Is so that, that's, that's that a little bit correct? of a misnomer. Um, the, they, they lowered the classification for theft like that down to misdemeanors. So you, you can walk out with all that merchandise and only have a misdemeanor on your record should you be convicted. Right. I, I have some friends in San Francisco. I think one of the reasons why that the amount, the, the value amount was lowered too is because um, the biggest uh, like 
petty crime, so to speak, in San Francisco is breaking into people's cars and stealing stuff. Mm. And yep. so um, in an effort to sort of reduce the um, statistical number of those things being reported and happening, when, I almost made a joke about it when you said uh, the tease for the headline was, uh, you know, how they're, how they're dealing with this. And I thought <laughs> they're just not counting them anymore. Uh, so they did lower the amount of what it, what it costs to kind of investigate and to prosecute that stuff. And it's conveniently now high enough that a lot of the breaking into cars, uh, don't even count. Don't even count. I, I know people who live in San Francisco who leave their cars unlocked and you just say it's unlocked. You don't need to break the window. There's nothing in here, but you can, you're welcome to look through the car if you want some gum or something. <laughs> Because yeah. um, I have a friend who's had his uh, his. This was as of a couple of years ago, so it could have been it could be higher now, higher more now. But it's, uh, his windows have been broken three times in his neighborhood, so it's pretty common there. Yeah, and at, at one point in time, place your windows. At one point in time, out of touch celebrities yeah. come on, right? I think it was Seth Rogen, right? Who who at one point was funny, um, but then you know you, you get into like the mixed politics, and all of a sudden becomes less funny in general. Um, but he's like, I don't know what people are complaining about. That's just life in the city. You know, my, my car gets broken into like two or three times a month and you don't hear me complaining. What a (laughs) dick, you know, like congratulations that you could afford to have your car broken into and pilfered through two to three times and that you're not bothered by it. Right. But like, you know, welcome to the real world. Um, the, the, the other combination with that, right. Is the, the, the amount has been lowered. It's been declassified to a misdemeanor, and much like New York, um, if caught, right, it turned. It's like a catch and release. So, because it's a misdemeanor, and because the prisons are overpopulated already, uh, they don't hold these. They they don't hold the criminals uh, for any period of time, right? You're like you get booked, you get you know you get your court date, and then you get released, right? And then compounded with that, um, this this is me making shit up at the moment, right? But if they if the courts are that booked and that filled, right, the prosecutor doesn't have the time or the energy uh, to really prosecute all these misdemeanor petty theft cases, right? So they they either lapse or get dismissed, which make which makes it a non crime um, in the end, right? Like so. You can get away with it. You might get caught, but then you get released. Uh, but if you don't, if you're a career criminal and you get busted, you know, once a month or whatever, because most of the shops have stopped. You know, mo- most of the retail outlets are up and closing and just getting out of town. Uh, but the ones that are still open, you know, they're not going to stop you from doing it. You just walk out. The cops aren't going to get there in time, so you can get away. And if you happen to be unlucky enough you know, to, to have a cop in the area willing to respond to that crime, uh, nothing's going to happen on prosecution. And so there's no, there's no disincentive from doing so. Um, there was one story, I think I mentioned this here before, like a Lululemon, Lululemon, you know, the, the overpriced yoga pants place. Are you familiar with this LF? I am. Okay. So their theft policy is like, don't even report it. Right. So like this, the store clerk and the manager, whatever, at some Lululemon a few months ago got broken into. They let the perps take whatever they want. um, And then they called the police to report the theft. And because they called the police to report the theft, they were fired by Lululemon. 
right? Because Lululemon doesn't want the publicity that they're you know, that they have this policy and that they can be broken into mm. with ease, right? Mm. So they went, you don't. Need, your life may have been in danger, manager and associate, right? But we don't care, and you're fired for reporting it. Um, I, I was hoping you were saying their policy was don't report it because they have some sort of uh, vigilante who takes care of it <laughs> on, on company time. Yeah, no, I well, wish. That's what I thought you were going to refer to when you said that the headline was that people are turning to private alternatives. I thought that meant much more in terms of private security that would handle these things. But that still doesn't work if if the law won't, still doesn't stand behind them. Right. In, uh, well, and I know, think backing it's them up. I think it's Michigan or Detroit. There is actually, you know, this was covered a long time ago and we might have even touched on it here a long time ago. Um but they have private security, right? It's 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 a men's organization or whatever, and you subscribe to their service, and they charge when they dispatch, right? So whatever your whatever your problem is, it has to be worth calling them to dispatch someone to take care of it, and then you know, and then they have cop like people patrol. You know, I don't know if they're on patrol or if they're from a central location. But they respond to the crime, you know, and then bill you in the end and bill you after the fact. But they, you know, the, the contract is up front, right? You call us, we'll respond in this amount of time, and this is what you got to pay. So frivolous, frivolous calls go down, right? Because no one's, you know, he's bothering me in the store, right, is not, not worthy of, you know, that sort of response. But getting stalked at night uh, while running to the park, uh, you might have a, you know, a burly armed dude. Uh, on the scene in moments and you don't want to mess with that dude either so there the the short answer is people need to take responsibility for their own safety right and how they go about doing that is infinite right do you do you subscribe to a, a, a private service do you take matters into your own hands um, the challenge the challenge for me right is like i moved to new hampshire um and New Hampshire gun culture is much better than Hawaii. Uh, and I grew up uh, mostly in an anti-gun house. Like my dad doesn't like it, doesn't touch it, doesn't see the need for it. Like wouldn't, you know, wouldn't want to handle one. Um, was fervently against the toy guns that, you know, my mom and my grandpa would buy for me because, hey, the toys. Um, he just, he's just anti-gun, right? And fortunately for him, he has survived to this point without being put in a situation where it would have been better if he had one. Um, but if you're, you know, if you're not going to, if you're relying on the state to protect you, you're going to die in that situation. Um, and if you're not willing to take matters into your own hands and defend yourself, well, then you have to contract it out to somebody, right? Like that, you know, th- third party defense services exist for a reason, or you have to do it yourself. Um, and for me, you know, taking personal responsibility uh it may not have always been a gun right but i have always you know since i was since i moved out of the house basically and even before that uh, i always have some sort of weapon of some kind on me uh in the event that the situation should arise and i should need it i haven't needed it haven't needed the gun uh for that you know for that purpose but just in case Right, the the police aren't going to be there when I need them to be, nor do I want to call them for that sort of thing, uh, 
unfortunately with you know with with gun culture the way it is on the federal level um should you discharge it in in self-defense like you have to call the cops right otherwise you're the bad guy in everyone else's eyes and then you're the one in trouble so i i i relinquish that a little bit you know i I concede that point uh you know on calling the cops if you're ever in that position it's just unfortunate that you have to do so when you're taking responsibility for yourself right like i had the gun so i wouldn't need the cops right but they'll they'll be johnny on the spot to take the report if you shoot somebody and then call them um, did you hear recently there was a, a couple rulings about, uh, uh, I guess, open or concealed carrying is, is legal under the Second Amendment? Um, in what, in what jurisdiction? I, think, I thought it was the Supreme Court, but I, I, maybe I'm wrong. Okay. Um, but anyway, there was a couple rulings or whatever, and so supposedly everywhere in the U.S. Uh, it's legal, but... Um, of course, each jurisdiction will uh, probably take you to court anyway and go through that process yeah. over and over. So Vermont probably has the best gun laws in the country. And there's a handful of states like tied for a second. Um, New Hampshire is close to that second, but Vermont is the best. Vermont is the only state in the country that has 100% absolute constitutional carry for firearms. They don't even have a permitting system in place to offer anyone reciprocity, right? You go into Vermont, you can open carry, you can conceal carry. It's up to you. Uh, New Hampshire is a $10 shall issue permit if you want to get one. You don't need it. You don't have to get it. Uh, it's constitutional carry, but should you want it uh, in order to get reciprocity elsewhere, it is availed to you. Um, and there have been activists here that have been denied, you know, and had to fight, you know, had to sue the sue the state or sue the city um, to get it because they were, you know, they were targeted as activists and denied a shall issue a shall issue permit without cause. Um, but on the on the Supreme Court level. I haven't heard any rulings recently. I know, especially in Hawaii, Hawaii's laws were so bad um, that there was a circuit court decision that might be, you know, might have made it to the Supreme Court that had to, that Hawaii was going to be compelled to roll back their gun laws and to make it more in alignment with the Constitution. But I don't think it goes all the way to constitutional carry, right? Like a lot of places, you know, okay, you can do it, but you still have to have permission. And in Hawaii's case, you can do it, but you have to have permission. And the problem with Hawaii was the permission was so onerous that no one could get one, right? And so whomever sued from Hawaii, um, I guess, was successful because I know they were talking about rolling that back into, okay, you can't make it, you can't have the law be a permit and then make it so no one qualifies to get the permit. And that's why Hawaii was rolling back. Uh, But there's, you know, there's something like, somewhere in the neighborhood of 15, 20, maybe 25 states now that are constitutional carry. Um, Do you guys remember that that Greenwood Park Mall shooting in Indiana happened uh, last year? Uh, There was a mass shooter that went into the the mall there with um, some sort of AR-15, I think, or or equivalent. And uh, the civilian who shot that... um, 
psychopath. Uh, only reason they had their pistol was because Indiana had passed a constitutional carry. It was less than a month before. I think it was just like a couple weeks before that. Ah. Um, so that but is one of the states that has it. Here's the libertarian question for you, though. Uh, he carried that pistol in, in violation of the property owner's rules. Yeah, the property owner said they weren't going to do anything about it. So Understood, but the rule was in place. Yeah. Well, so. it's a, that's a trade-off that I think he probably thought would be worth it. Whatever their fine was, was worth the risk of not being found out about it. Fair enough. All right. So it's, it's okay. You know, not, all, not all laws are, are the death penalty, right? So <laughs> uh, sometimes it's worth the fine or the cost of breaking that rule for the, you know, for the potential protection that you might have from it might be my okay. response to that. Okay. I just, I just want to be clear then. Cause this is, you know, you're, you're the self-ascribed libertarian. I'm and, not self-ascribed. Oh, I okay. was ascribed <laughs> by another oh, okay. individual. All right. Fair uh, enough. How would you describe yourself then? Uh, I would describe myself as a free thinking individualist, <laughs> okay. uh, limited government individualist. All right. So free thinking, li- limited government individualist. You're saying that, this is how I'm, I'm generalizing, but based on your response, mm-hmm. this is my interpretation, right? Uh, it's okay to violate property rights if you've weighed out the costs and benefits of doing so. You have to be willing to pay the cost of what's, what's deemed punishable for violating those property rights, I suppose might be the way to put it. Okay. So if you were, if you were found out in the, in the mall you know, with your pistol and they went... You were banished. Never come back here again. You would. You would then. Yeah, I'd say I, I, I'm not coming back. Okay. So you would. You would respect. You would respect the penalty, but not the rule up front. Uh, yes. Fair enough. Uh, I forget. You know. Uh, I wish I again. I wish I had faster fingers to type this out. But uh, I forget the kid's name who who shot. Right. But they. You know. There are some gun tubers out there that have named the drill after him. Right. Yeah, his last name is Dickon. I think it's the Dickon drill. There you go. Thank you. Yeah. And it, it's like, you know, f- draw and then, you know, 50 yards or whatever, uh, eight shots on target in five seconds or less or whatever, whatever, whatever he pulled off, right? Like that's the drill and can you do it? And so that's, you know, that's another training tool for. Uh, 10 rounds, 15 seconds, 40 yards. There you go. Man, you're fast. I've got a clunky old keyboard and a big-ass screen in front of me, so it's a little hard. But there you go. Ten rounds. Uh, was it ten rounds, 15 seconds, 40 yards? That's right. But you got to get eight on target or something. You have to get eight or ten on target. That's what he got, at least. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, that's the, that's the drill. That, can you do it? If that's what he did, then that's the drill. From, you know, from, uh, from the holster, wherever you're holstered. But, yeah, so, again. Oh, gosh, Rich. Well, I didn't realize you had such a narrow definition for libertarian. What what specific it was when I when I apply that term, this it covers a rather broad spectrum of people by general attitude. In my opinion, it's not it's not a very specific uh, thing about how you have to believe on everything. Well, I I think that one of the general tenets of libertarianism is respect for private property rights. Would you Would you disagree with that statement? Yeah, but he hasn't said a disrespect for property, private property rights. He's just, a, I mean, and I think almost no, he absolutely did. Given a, given a, given a situation, will well, he, he violated their rule right. of no no guns on on their property, and the mall the mall said no guns, and so he went 
So yeah, yeah but he he respects it. No, he but doesn't. He's willing to violate it, uh, accepting the consequence for it. Yeah, well, that's right that's to, not respecting it. That's absolutely disrespecting it. That's disrespecting it, but accepting the consequence of the disrespect. Well, I so so then I the next that, question is: if, <laughs> if you're willing to disrespect the the rule of not bringing a gun onto the property, then why wouldn't you be willing to disrespect the rule when they say don't come back on our property ever again? That is definitely well, a follow up question. But also, what yeah. other property rights are you willing to disrespect? Right? Yeah, but I, I don't. I don't think that there, there's anybody that I would have labeled libertarian who's absolutely consistent on every application that you might come up with. I mean, that's... Uh, well, you know, respecting property rights is pretty high up there. At least that's what I thought amongst most libertarians. Like, that's, that's, that's you know, if it's not part of the axiom, right, it's a fundamental foundational tenet of the belief system. And I'm, uh, I am surprised I'm getting some. pushback from you on that particular one. No, but that it's because because you've got I think a very specific definition for it, and you don't allow that uh, it can you can have a broad a broad um, uh, application of the of just the term libertarian. No, and you I, can I consider a lot of people libertarian, and I don't I don't question what they I, I don't challenge them on the definition because I wasn't of the looking for a definition. I read up I'm not looking for the oh, okay. definition of libertarian. I'm looking for application of principle. Yeah, I, I think just um, for the record, I, I don't have a problem are, with I, your answer. I just, you know, that's the application. I think you guys are right. What I did describe is, in some definition, disrespecting the rights of the um, the private property owner. So Ken is making an effort to defend me, but I would agree with uh, with your guys' assessment of of my answer. Yeah, I guess seeing how the property owner responds to my disrespect so to speak and there are varying levels of disrespect so for example i could carry the gun openly and brandish it right i could keep it secret and not disturb the peace uh i could be asked to not come back and continue coming back there are different levels and amounts of disrespect that i could show just like there are different levels of punishment or condemnation for my disrespect for that property owner so for example the person who, uh, the the Dixon person who did uh, have to brandish his firearm was not prosecuted by the property owner, and I would suspect could go back to that mall freely, and they would not prosecute him for that. So to me, that shows some sort of dialogue and understanding of what the private property owners are willing to have and what they're where they're willing to budge. I mean, yes, you know, private property is a. a a sacred thing, but it is a dialogue between that person and other persons of what exactly it means for their wishes and for their property over time. So, is that an acceptable answer? That, yes. Okay, go ahead, finish. I would think that the mall owners probably have a slightly different stance on uh, armed civilians in their mall uh, protecting people now than they did before the event happened. I don't know, but I would suspect they were probably glad that that man was there. Yeah. But are the, and then the question for them becomes: Are they willing to change their policy? Right? Are they still going to virtue signal yeah. the no guns policy? Probably not. They'll probably keep the virtue signal because <laughs> they they generally gen, generally want people to arrive at the mall without without firearms. And if they have that rule on, in place, then they can say, well, if they see somebody with a gun, they can go and ask them to leave. Um, if they don't have that rule, then you know people could just walk around, uh, you know openly, you know, disturbing the peace as, as uh, LF said. 
Um, and, and then until they, they get annoyed and they open fire. So, uh, it, it, it might be good just to have that rule and, and have everybody, uh, understand that that's what they're aiming for is, you know, a peaceful place with no guns. Uh, and, and, you know, somebody might bring one in anyway, but, uh, I would, I would say that would would happen with or without the rule. (laughs) Here's the thing. I was shocked. I'm go Go ahead. ahead. No, no, go ahead. I'm I'm shocked that the psychopath who went to um, kill people fragrantly disregarded the rule for not bringing a gun into that. <laughs> oh yeah, to that place. That's that's the, that's the general. That's the overall problem with gun-free zones, right? Is psychopaths know that they're likely they're likely to meet less resistance there, and so that's what they target, right? That's the dude with the rifle didn't expect to get put down by a civilian with a pistol, right? Like he's like, no one's supposed to bring guns in here. I'm I'm the only one that's supposed to have a gun here. Um, but I would also say, in in the minds, in the in the eye, from the perspective of the mall owner, right? You can you can remove that rule and still kick people out if they're if they're carrying a firearm or whatever, because as the property owner, you don't have to justify why you're telling somebody to get off your property. It's because it's fucking mine, and I said so, right? Like, that's that's how it ought to be. Uh, and I also want to compare, you know, the, the overall scenario, again, since we talked about COVID at the beginning of the show, right? There, there are libertarians here in this state, right, who decided to, I'm going to use the term we've used earlier, disrespect private property uh, when the COVID lockdowns happened. Because what happened was, Private property owners, stores in the area, right, put up signs out front that said no mask, no entry, right? And these, you know, these principled libertarians here in New Hampshire, right, would freely walk into the store without a mask on in violation of the signage out front, in violation of the policy of the store. And the justification was, well, if they're serious about it, they will ask me to leave, right? Well, they were serious enough to put the fucking sign out front, right? They were serious enough to spend the money to get the sign printed, to pay someone to assemble it, to put it out in the front, right? If, if we're principled as far as the use of private property is concerned, right, then, then we ought to have that level of respect, and if we if we're choosing to not have that level of respect, right, then we are free to take our business elsewhere. That's that's the that's the thing, right? So if the mall has a no gun sign out front and a no gun policy, right, and you're like, well, fuck them, I want to carry my gun, right? Then that's just not the mall for you, right? Don't don't be there uh, if you're respecting private property. If you're gonna if you're gonna weigh out the costs and benefits of violating the policies of private property owners, that's fine. That's, you know, that's one way to handle it. Uh, We cover, you know, we cover that in like the lifeboat scenario, right? You're crawling through the desert and you see a guy with like bottles of water for sale, but it's a million dollars for a bottle of water. Do you steal one or do you die? Right? Well, of course I fucking steal one because I don't want to die and I can make it whole on the back end. Right? So if you're willing to accept the consequences of your actions in violation of private property rights or whatever, right, and make people whole on the back end, whatever that looks like, 
right? That I'm not going to hold it against you, um, but I'm not going to integrate it into uh, the positive side of the value system, right? It's absolutely a violation, right? It's absolutely disrespect. Uh, and the only question is, what do you do on the back end to make it right? KS? Yeah, well, I think it, you've appropriately said there, there are libertarians who face these situations and they deal with them differently. They don't say that the only one that could be called a libertarian is the one who, who never violates the property rights. Because there's, there's lots and lots of situations uh, that you even referred to these guys as a bunch of libertarians that went in and they, they didn't wear their mask. Well, you called them libertarians because of what their general attitude is towards a lot of other issues. But on a specific issue, maybe they, there's a conflict. But it's, a, it's still just a generalized term, I think, that you sure. apply to people who have a, a general disrespect for, for government mandates. And, they, and everybody's dealing with different circumstances all the time. Yeah. I just don't like the hypocrisy. Right. If, if, well, if, but if part of your value can, system is like respect property rights, then you ought to do your best to respect other people's property rights, barring like the lifeboat scenario and, you know, and restitutions and whatnot. Right. But to fl- to, well, to, but, to value property, like if you had a sign, if I, you know, like the sign on my door, right, because we live in Hawaii is like, take your shoes off before entering. Right. And I went, fuck this guy. I'm just going to walk in with my shoes on. And I'm going to wait for him to kick me out because, you know, I don't know if he's serious about the no shoe sign, right? What are you going to do? Is he respecting your property? If I, you know, if someone were to walk in with shoes on in clear violation of the posted rules Mm -hmm. to your house, you would think so. Yeah. Well, like you said, there's always these lifeboat situations where people compromise their their respect for property rights because they there's something critical that that presses them to yeah but but going to the mall for the circumstance going to the mall or walking into your home is not a lifeboat situation right it certainly was for those people who are getting <laughs> shot <laughs> yeah well for, for well no not no not even in their case right they they still had the choice to not go to that mall if they if well, they were, if why they, the hell were you in the desert in the first place? Then? <laughs> well, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> but it, you know, in that if 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 in that case, nobody right? nobody needs a lifeboat because they decided they were going to get shipwrecked. They got on a boat because they thought it was safe, and then it wasn't, and they needed a lifeboat. So I, I guess respect is there's varying degrees of of respect, right? Like private property is not my god. Private property is not something I worship absolutely, and there's no change regardless of the the situation I find myself in. It's not the be all end all of the world. Now, in terms of the physical world, and you know the non metaphysical or the non spiritual world, it's pretty freaking high up there. But maybe preservation of life would be. I think that's what we're all talking about here. One that's a little bit higher. So that means then in these situations of quote unquote disrespect, I have to weigh what are the costs of potentially the preservation of life? And if that seems like a credible threat, sometimes a quote-unquote disrespect to private property might by the individual be deemed necessary. So if you, you know, the example you gave of going to a friend's house and you take your shoes off, if your friend's house is a normal house and there's nothing going on, it would seem very disrespectful to just walk in with muddy boots It uh, would, would But if your friend's uh, floor is full of thumbtacks, well, that's all of a sudden a different situation. You might uh, 
<laughs> decide I'll either go home, of course that's what you might be suggesting, or if I want to go into this house, ask him what's going on, I might need to wear my shoes till I figure out a little bit more what's going on here. Yeah. And I and in that case, my my suggestion would be yes, go home, right? Or negotiate from outside. Right? Like you, yeah, you I think those you, are those are two valid valid options, yeah. Yeah. And and that way you're maintaining But would respect. you not agree that the would you not agree though that the idea that now wearing shoes inside the house might make a little bit more sense than when it was just a regular house or is there no change at all the situation doesn't matter at all It would make more sense but it is still his property right and if, and yeah. if he says like no shoes you have to walk on thumbtacks right number 1 I'm not going in number 2 he's not my friend number 3 I'm not going back right <laughs> that's just yeah, dumb yeah. Right, yeah. But I'm not. I'm not going to insist that I enter his property and violate his shoe requirement at the same time because it's his, right? Certainly, if I tried to do it and he said, "Hey, what are you doing walking in there here with these shoes on? You got thumbtacks." I I wouldn't come back. Just like if I had to pull a gun that I saved a bunch of people with and they tried to find me or say, "Don't come back," I wouldn't come back. So yeah, well, and that again, that was your position that the disrespect is okay if it's justified in the end. Yeah, or the threat seems like a credible thing that could happen in your daily life, yeah. Yeah, but it, even in, in the mall scenario, right, the, the shooter, the, uh, uh, what was the name, Dickens? Yeah. Right, like, he also could have escaped, right? He was not, into, he was not in direct threat of violence and could have escaped. The, the people who were in the lifeboat in that case were the other people getting shot at, and what could they have done in that scenario, right? If, if they had their guns drawn and fired back, certainly. Um, but again, that's, that's them violating the property rights of the property owner because they're weighing out the costs and benefits of doing so, right? I think this, is, I think this scenario is so dangerous that my life might be on the line and I might need to have my pistol on me at all times, right? And that's, that's why people carry everywhere... Uh, even to the point where one of my instructors, you know, felt odd when they accidentally ran to the, to the snack, you know, to, to grab a sandwich for lunch um, when, you know, their firearms were still locked in the safe because of class. Like, oh, man, like, wouldn't it be ironic if this is the time we need it because it's the one time it's locked away. Um, and he's also, you know, he's, he's the type of guy that has uh, the rifle, the, you know, the rifle mount on his back seat, right? Like, I will fight my way to my vehicle, grab my rifle, and I shall return a hero. Uh, and me, on the other hand, like, I don't, want to, I don't want to invite myself into a gunfight, right? I just want to get the fuck out of there. If I need to shoot my way out to escape, that's what I'll do. But I'm not trying to be a hero. I'm not voluntarily entering into a gunfight with a perpetrator, right? That's not my shtick. You can be the hero. I'm just getting out. I'm getting me out. I'm getting the people I'm with out, the people I care about. Um, that's why I would carry, personally. Anything else? All right. Any final well, thoughts? Good. Good. All right. That'll do it for us. Then you guys know where to find us. Anarchistexperience.com on Telegram, t.me slash anarchistexperience or t.me slash theanarchistexperience. And if you would like to contribute to this show financially, you can do so through Patreon. Patreon.com slash The Anarchist Experience. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace. Aloha. Aloha.